You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Welcome to MetroVision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for tuning into our midweek service tonight. Grace and I want to say we love you. We miss you, church, and uh, I hope you're doing well. And one of the things we're going to be doing is called a series called The Kingdom of God. Robert asked me to do a couple lessons about the kingdom of God, and I look forward to teaching about that. Uh, let's go to God in prayer and let's begin. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. We pray to have a great Bible study tonight. We pray that uh, as we learn about your kingdom and what that all means, that uh, we could take a whole lifetime to learn about this. And we pray that we could be great students of your word. And so thank you so much for blessing us with the kingdom, with the church. And we pray that uh, as we dive into our Bible study tonight, we can learn, be inspired, encouraged, challenged, and, and live out this way of life. God, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we live in a very unique world world and time right now, spiritually, relationally, racially, medically, economically. and But how do we make sense of all the things that are happening in the world and what's going on in the world? And how do we respond, more importantly, as disciples and as God's church? And so we're going to be talking about this series called The Kingdom of God. And I hope this will encourage you in your faith and it'll expand our thinking, our theology, if you will. Uh, but I want to show you a video that you've seen before, and it's called The Gospel of the Kingdom. But I want you to be thinking about what the kingdom of God is as we're looking at this video. So enjoy the video. Thank you. There's this beautiful poem. It's in the book of Isaiah. The city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed by Babylon, a great kingdom in the north. And all of these Jewish people, they've been sent away into exile, but a few remained in the city. And they're left wondering, what just happened? Has our God abandoned us? Right, because Jerusalem was supposed to be the city where God would reign over the world to bring peace and blessing to everyone. Now, Isaiah had been saying that Jerusalem's destruction was a mess of Israel's own making. They had turned away from their God, become corrupt, and so their city and their temple were destroyed. Yeah, everything seems lost. But the poem goes on. There's a watchman on the city walls. And far out on the hills, we see a messenger, and he's running towards the city. He's running, and he's shouting, good news. And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet? Yes. The feet are beautiful because they're carrying a beautiful message. What's the message? That despite Jerusalem's destruction, Israel's God still reigns as king, and that God himself is going to one day return to this city, take up his throne, and bring peace. And the watchmen sing for joy because of the good news that their God still reigns. Now in the New Testament, we find this same phrase, the good news. It's the Greek word euangelion, and it's also sometimes translated with the word gospel. Yeah, so when Christians say, do you believe the gospel, they mean, do you believe the news? But not just any news. In the Bible, this phrase is always about the announcement of the reign of a new king. And in the New Testament, the Gospels use this phrase to summarize all of Jesus' teachings. They say that he went about proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom. So Jesus saw himself as the messenger, 
bringing the news that God reigns. Yes, but the way that he described God's reign, it surprised everybody. I mean, think, a powerful, successful kingdom. It needs to be strong, able to impose its will, able to defeat its enemies. But Jesus said the greatest person in God's kingdom was the weakest, the one who loves and who serves the poor. And he said that you live under God's reign when you respond to evil by loving your enemies and forgiving them and seeking peace. This is an upside-down kingdom. Now, Jesus also said that this kingdom was arriving with him. Yeah, so for example, there's this really interesting story where there's a high-ranking Roman officer, and he comes to Jesus begging him to heal his servant. And he even calls Jesus his Lord, acknowledging that Jesus is his authority. Jesus praises this man for recognizing what no one else yet had, that not only was Jesus announcing God's kingdom, he was the king. And so the word gets out that this Jewish man from Galilee is talking and acting like he's the king of Israel. He's appointing 12 disciples, which are an image of Israel's 12 tribes. He's healing people, forgiving people their sins. And all of this so threatened Israel's leaders that they finally decide to have him killed. And Jesus let them. Yeah, which is a weird thing to do if you're trying to become king. That's right. But for Jesus, this is what had to happen. Jesus saw the sin and the devastation of his people Israel as just one small part of the entire human condition. How all humanity has rebelled against God, resulting in the tragedy and devastation of our whole world. So how is God going to bring his reign over such a world? Jesus believed it would be through an act of sacrificial love for his enemies. This is why in the Gospels, Jesus' crucifixion is depicted as his enthronement as the king of the Jews. Yeah, he receives a crown. He also receives a robe. He's exalted up, not onto a throne, but onto the cross. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. And the good news now is that Jesus has defeated death and that he reigns as king, that he's dealt with our sin and corruption himself and that he's conquered it with his life and with his love. And then Jesus sends his followers to go out and keep announcing this good news of the upside down kingdom. And to invite everyone to give their allegiance to him, the king who defeated death with his love. I hope you were encouraged by that video and you were able to uh, see what God's kingdom looks like and what it's about. And uh, we're going to be talking about that tonight. And I want to encourage us to be Bereans, you know, to examine and go deep in the scriptures uh, as we study this concept out. And remember, as a Berean, though, be open to new ways of learning, new teaching, if you will. It's, and kingdom theology can sometimes be difficult because it's about now, not yet theology. Like, it's like explaining, you know, it's like explaining to someone the vastness of the universe. You know, you can, but can't entirely explain it, right? And sometimes the kingdom uh, theology can be a little bit like that. Let's also be gracious as we learn about this topic because it takes spirituality to understand this topic. 
it, it's it's something that it's a spiritual thing. And so we have to learn to think like God instead of thinking like ourselves and like human means. Let's also be courageous, though, as we study this topic out, because the kingdom is countercultural to the world and upside down in thinking. Let's also consider that we should perhaps be relational because the kingdom is to be experienced in community rather than just individualism. We're in, rather than just having an individualistic mindset, it's meant to be shared in a communal way. Uh, let's also be doers of the word, right? It's The kingdom is, is to be practiced and to be lived out. So tonight's lesson is called What Jesus Envisioned. And what he envisioned is about the kingdom of God. So let's dive in. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, the Bible says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. One of the interesting things about the kingdom of God is it is perhaps the most talked about topic in the New Testament that Jesus talked about. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35, Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness in Matthew 24 and verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. In Luke 4, 43, but he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. One of the interesting things about the kingdom of God is what did Jesus come to teach what did Jesus come and teach about? He came and taught about the kingdom of God. And you know, Robert's been teaching all about the parables that the kingdom has powerful secrets in it. Like in the last week, we talked about the parable of the hidden uh, treasure, right? And the pearls and that it's hidden and, and, and we must search for it. We must look for it and find it. And there's so many secrets about the kingdom of God that, that there is to learn about. Isn't that cool that we live, we're gonna, we live under the reign and rule of God and in his kingdom that, that he shares secrets with us. Uh, the parable of the mustard seed, oftentimes that, you know, a secret is that like, that with Jesus, things that are small can have a huge impact or something that is seemingly insignificant can have great impact and great influence. Uh, it's powerful. And so as we learn the different parables on Sunday, I think this will tie in great to what we're learning about the kingdom of God as we learn about it in our midweek services. And so one of the things that I want you to look at is this slide right here about in mainstream Christianity, one of the uh, incredible things is that the gospel sometimes is shared as only as salvation, that the good news is looked at only as salvation rather than in New Testament Christianity, in the Bible. The gospel is talked about in terms of the kingdom of God, that Jesus came to establish and proclaim the kingdom of God. And I want you to be thinking about what does that mean? What does it mean to proclaim the kingdom of God, because this is a lost message in mainstream Christianity. With mainstream Christianity, it's all about salvation most of the time that people rarely think of the kingdom when they think of the gospel. They think about salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is important. But 
prior to Jesus dying, that didn't happen yet, right? The gospel was about Jesus coming and establishing and proclaiming the kingdom of God, which was good news to the world, good news for Israel. Uh, and so I want you to be thinking about that, that there's a difference between mainstream Christianity that talks about the gospel in terms of only salvation, but in New Testament Christianity, the gospel is all about the pro- establishing and proclaiming the kingdom of God on earth. And, and Jesus was the messenger. He was the herald, just like the video that you saw. He came to bring good news to the world and to establish and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, one of the challenges about mainstream Christianity is that when the gospel is only about salvation, it, it caters to consumerism Christianity. And I want you to look at this slide here. Is are you a consumer or a contributor or a servant? Are you a consumer? Do you prescribe to consumerism Christianity, which caters to just the me, myself, and I? That it's all about me because it's all about just salvation. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that salvation isn't important because it absolutely is important. But it's framed in, in, in its context under the umbrella of the kingdom of God, that salvation is in, is under the kingdom of God, and we learn about salvation and why we're saved. We're not just saved just to go to heaven and we live our lives here waiting for the day to which heaven comes. We actually learn how to live heaven's way now on earth. And here's three things about consumerism Christianity. Number one is, I want to be in a church with things I like. That's how you know you prescribe to consumerism Christianity. What's in it for me? It's the me versus we mentality. You know, it's all about me. What what do I get out of it? Uh, I want Christ, but not the church. You know, I want Christ, but I don't want his bride. I don't want the church that comes with Christ because it's riddled with problems. And as you look all throughout the New Testament, look at every church in the New Testament they had major issues that Paul was writing about, about how to deal with all the problems in the world at their time and in the church at, uh, that they were a part of. I mean, think about the Corinthian church for a minute. Could you be a part of the Corinthian church? Could you be a part of that church where there's immorality, division, lawsuits, f- people, people not, you know, people, uh, uh, getting drunk on wine during communion. Can you imagine that us coming to church and somebody getting drunk on wine? I mean, let's be honest, right? And and that's why it's important to understand the gospel is about is is more about the establishing and proclaiming the kingdom of God than it's just only about salvation. Again, I'm not saying salvation is important, but it's it's understanding it in its context that when Jesus was alive, he talked more about the kingdom of God than just salvation alone. Salvation is important, but as we're saved, we're going to be, pro- we're going to be called to proclaim the kingdom of God. And so what is the kingdom of God? I want to show you a passage in Matthew 6, 33, that Jesus defines what the kingdom of God is all about. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, but seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And so what is the kingdom of God? You know, the word, Greek word is basileia, which means the reign or rule of God. Kingdom is the, is about the reign and rule of God. It's about 
life. It's about life under King Jesus. It's about life under uh, an authority of Jesus. Righteousness is about right standing, right rightness, you know, how to do things in the right way. And so when we're talking about, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he wasn't just talking about the church. He was talking about a way of living, how to live under the reign and rule of God, how to be under the the kingship of Jesus and to live that way. And it's about the age to come. It's about the, it's like a foretaste of heaven, like how things are ordered in heaven would be breaking into the present and disrupt everything that happens. And, and that's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's disruptive. It's used this word kingdom over 162 times in the New Testament. And it's about learning to live God's way. Amen. And, uh, it's learning how to be under a sovereign king that has dominion over a people and a territory. You know, this is something we have to get used to. This is a learned behavior that we have to have. Uh, it's not something you just get. It's like, it's like having children, right? If you let them, they're going to become their own kings and queens. They have to learn how to to live a certain way and and learning the kingdom way learning to give god's way is a learned behavior we have to learn this we're not just you don't just become a christian and you're next thing you know you just think like god it's not that's not that's not how it works we have to strive we have to learn we have to grow and and learn how to live under king jesus and that's what we're going to be learning about over the next few weeks. Now, one of the things that's interesting that that in our ICOC fellowship is we've had a teaching before that I want to uh, correct or recalibrate, if you will. But we we've kind of taught before, and I've taught my I've taught the South group this before about how part of our teaching before was that the kingdom equaled the church, and uh, that that is incorrect biblical thinking. The church is part of the kingdom, but is not only the kingdom. It's like talking about, it's like saying that the star or a, a star or a galaxy is the universe. Is it? No, it's just part of the universe, right? It's an important part of the universe, but it's just part of the universe. And the church is like the star or galaxy. It's that outpost. It's the, it's the, the little outpost or, or a colony of where God's people get to live out God's kingdom, God's reign, his way of living in today's world. And so how can we respond to all the issues that are going on in our world? We can respond the kingdom way. It's God's way. There is a right way. You know, these days, it it is so confusing how to live in the world right now. Uh, You know, kids can go to the bathroom and be confused because there's there's only one sign now. You know, it's there's all these confusing things that that because things are so redefined in vague terms right now or sometimes so specific that we're confused. And one of the things about God's way is there is a right way how to live. And that's what I love about the Bible is that and Jesus, he tells us there's a way to live. And that there is a right way and that we can stand on that and be confident disciples living in a world that that seems to be going astray and be very, very dark where it seems that anything goes now. We can believe anything because someone says it. And and if somebody doesn't agree with you, they're going to cancel you or so many things are going on in the world. 
There are so many issues going on in the world right now that the church can be incredibly divided over because we lose our way and take positions rather than figure out Instead of your way or my way, what's God's way? What's Jesus's way of doing things? I'm not saying your way is wrong. I'm not saying my way is only wrong. But what I am saying is that God and Jesus have a third way, have a third option of looking at things their way. And uh, I find great comfort at that. And that, that, that helps and empowers the church to be a bright light in the world in which we live today. I mean, think about all the different issues going on in the world, vaccines, no vaccines, the different racial tensions that are going on right now, mass, no mass, sign up, no sign up. I mean, there's so many things, you know, the economics of what's going on in the world right now and, and, and how things are structured in the world and the different systems that are out there that, that sometimes that produce inequality. I mean, it's so easy to be divided in the church now, but if we can focus our attention on God, and that's why it's a, that we can, we can understand that there's a way to live and that it's clear, but it's narrow. And in, in this way of living, we can live a narrow way like that. And on debatable issues, we can learn how to love each other in the midst of debatable issues. What's important to understand that if, if the kingdom is only the church and the church is only the kingdom, then we're going to have a lot of problems in it because the church is flawed. God's kingdom is not flawed, though. And God's plan of, of how he set up his church is not flawed. But people in it are flawed. And so if you're, if you're so riveted on people all the time, then you're going to be riveted on the activity of men rather than the activity of God and what God may be doing in the world right now. Because the Spirit is ahead of us, gang, and all the different things that are going on in the world is going to reveal our faith. It's going to reveal where we're at in it. And then we can always recalibrate by figuring out what is God's way of it? What is God's way of how he would handle this situation? How are we supposed to treat each other? What kind of st- what kind of relationships are we supposed to have? What kind of church are we supposed to have because of the way God would order it and the way God would order leadership and membership and and the different principles to which we live by in God's church. Amen. And so it's important to understand the difference that the church is not is not only the kingdom, right? The church is within the kingdom of God as the umbrella. It's the star. It's the galaxy within the kingdom of God and the reign and rule of God. And that's so key because you don't want to get caught up in church politics or, or church division or church issues, right? Because we live under God's kingdom. His reign and rule is always going to come true if we follow his word and if we get astray the spirit will bring us back he's been doing that for generations for eons you know for centuries uh jesus said right that and i'm not saying don't pay attention to what's going on in the church or if you agree or disagree with issues in the church absolutely we can talk about all those things but what I am saying is the Holy Spirit is the one who brings it back to homeostasis, if you'll, in balance and, and in line with the scriptures. And that's a beautiful thing. And so I hope that can encourage us, you know, uh, about the church and understanding the difference between the church and the kingdom. And that we're going to learn about this way of living over the next couple weeks. And it's about learning to have a certain mindset, a kingdom mindset of the age to come, the way God would order something. The way God views relationships breaking into our present age 
just like that video talked about. And so when there's strain in relationships, we don't run away. We don't, we don't fight. We don't flight. We engage. We love. We, we, we lay our lives down rather than just get our way or just have only this mentality or that mentality. We learn to, we learn to work together. We learn to look at the greater good of the kingdom rather than just an individual perspective. Community is valued over just the individual. And this kingdom mindset of the age to come, heaven's way, breaking into the present, is a radical concept. And sometimes it's tough to understand because it's a now not yet theology, right? It's, uh, we, we get a, we get a glimpse of the kingdom and we're living it today, but we don't get to understand it in its entirety until Jesus comes back and we're made to see clearly what that all entails. And that's what's the difficulty about kingdom theology, this whole idea of now, not yet theology, of experiencing that. So as we go to our discussion groups tonight, tonight was just a taste of an introduction of the kingdom and about the secrets of the kingdom and how attitudes are supposed to be in the kingdom. I I love talking about this concept. You can probably see I'm pretty encouraged and excited about it. But as you go to your discussion groups tonight, I want you to be thinking about these two questions. What did you learn about the kingdom of God tonight? And secondly, why is learning about the kingdom of God important today? Uh, Especially in light of all the issues that we're dealing with in the world. It's easy for our church to be divided. It's easy for our church to take positions. It's easy for our church to be caught up in just the activity of men and rather than getting swept up in the activity of God. That God is always bringing about new creation in the church. So, so what our church looks like today is going to be different than what it looked like 30 years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years ago. So we have to expand our minds to what the Spirit may be doing today and how do we evolve as a church. I'm not saying how do we, I'm not saying change the convictions of the Bible. I'm saying how do we, how do we evolve when how we put into practice those convictions? So what did you learn about the kingdom of God tonight? And why is learning about the kingdom of God important? And so what did we learn tonight? We're doing a series called the kingdom of God. The lesson tonight is what Jesus envisioned. Well, he envisioned to establish and proclaim the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? It's God's reign and rule on earth. It's God's right way of living in the world today. But you know, like Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6.33, it must be pursued and sought after. We must learn to learn, we must learn it and live it, but know that it's countercultural. It's upside down in thinking. It's going to be completely different than the way we naturally think about how things should go. And so we must develop a kingdom mindset of, of God's future reality breaking into the present. And, and it's good news for us today. We can handle all the issues in the world. If we develop a kingdom theology, the way God thinks about things in the world. And so tonight, I hope that encourages your faith as you go into your discussion groups tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Have some great discussion groups. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 